Welcome to another of the Retire Notes podcast series. I'm Bruce Manners, the author of Retirement Ready and founder of the RetireNotes.com website. I'm in conversation today with Anne Graham, CEO and Senior Financial Planner at Story Wealth Management. She's also an award-winning financial advisor. Thanks for being with us, Anne. Thanks for having me. We're talking about self-managed super funds. Please explain what that is, Anne. Okay, so in Australia, we have a pretty robust and mature retirement system, which involves superannuation and which is a way of saving for retirement. Self-managed super funds are just a form of saving for super and they used to be called DIY funds or do-it-yourself. Mm-hmm. And they're just a form of saving for retirement where investors can have a little bit more control over what they invest in. It's a bit more hands-on in terms of managing investments and also the fund itself. And thus the title self-managed. Correct, yeah. Having said that though, many people with a self-managed fund outsource a lot of the compliance and administration that's involved in these funds. They're quite heavily regulated and so many people don't have all the required skills or interest actually to do it completely by themselves, yeah. And I guess the government is very keen for people to do it to help them when retirement comes, is that right? That's right. Yeah, they want to make sure that the system's quite robust and that people are managing their money in a way to ensure that it will be there down the track as well. So there's a lot of checks and balances, a lot of reporting required. The body that oversees it is the tax office, the ATO. For people interested in self-managed funds, there's a lot of information available on the ATO website. Okay. So it sounds like anybody can do it, but some will need help to make it happen. Is that how it works? Yes, anyone can set one up. There's some rules around setting up a self-managed fund. So you can't have more than four members, Mm -hmm. at least one member, no more than four. A super fund is a trust, so you need to have a trustee. Okay. The trustee of the fund can be an individual or a corporate trustee. All trustees need to be members and all members need to be trustees. So there's that complication. If you have four members, everyone's accountable in some way. So sometimes it takes a while for people to get their heads around those requirements because also you might be a member of the fund and it's your money as the member, but you wear a different hat as trustee. Okay. So that can be a bit confusing to some people, you know. I'm a member of my super fund. I'm also the trustee. Yes. As a trustee, I need to do certain things and as a member, I need the trustee to agree to things. So it gets a bit (laughs) convoluted. So you talk to yourself sometimes? Oh, often, and you write yourself minutes and and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. This is sounding kind of complicated, and again, I guess that's why people go get help. Yeah, that's right. I think if you've got a real interest in self-managed fund and Mm. you're willing to take the time to read up on what's required and invest the time in keeping good records, yes. And managing the fund, after a while, it becomes relatively straightforward. You know, you just get a routine. If you've got a good accountant, they can guide you in what compliance requirements are needed. They'll, you know, help you with your tax return. The fund needs to be audited as well. Yes. So, you know, as long as you've got good systems and processes and you're comfortable with your advisors, then it should be fine. And then what a lot of self-managed super fund members like doing is making the investment decisions. That's why they set them up. That's in the why they way. do it. So I'm hearing the complications. So what are the advantages? 
Well, the advantage is that you can manage your own money provided it's within the rules. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to manage my super, I could go out and put everything just in cash or I could just go and buy a property. There's certain rules around that. I could go and buy gold bullion. I could go and put all my money on in one stock. There's no restrictions as long as the investment strategy supports those decisions. Yes. But if I'm a member of, say, an industry super fund or even some retail public offer funds, I'm limited in what I can invest in. I can't go and invest directly in gold or I can't go and buy a property in the XYZ industry fund. Sure. So people that really love the independence of investing and like making the investments themselves, Mm -hmm. timing things, then a self-managed fund is one way of doing that. Yeah. You said that up to four people can be part of this. Does that lead to complications? Well, if you've got four members of a fund, so that would be, say, parents and two kids. Sure. Everyone's responsible. So the complication might be if a couple of members aren't really interested, mm-hmm. then why would they be a member of the fund? But normally, as long as the communication's good, then it shouldn't be an issue. So there's no advantage whether it's one person, a couple, or four people? Well, it depends on the dynamics of that group. So... We've had clients where it was four people and it was two adult children, but they were travelling or overseas and there are rules around being a member of a fund and living overseas. So sometimes it can impact on the compliance obligations of the funds and also just communication. Sometimes where there's, which is what we're seeing a bit more nowadays, a couple will be members and trustees of a super fund Mm -hmm. and often One member of the couple tends to take more of an interest than the other. Sure. And the complication arises if that person becomes ill or passes away, then the surviving spouse is stuck with the fund and sometimes they're just really overwhelmed and don't know what to do. Yes, which would make it hard. Yeah. So how much money do you need to actually set up this self-managed fund? Well, this is a topic of much discussion. Okay, um, glad I asked. Superannuation world. The government regulators seem to think about half a million dollars as a minimum, although there is no sort of legal minimum. And they say that because managing a fund has a lot of fixed costs. So the cost to do a tax return and an audit and other compliance issues doesn't necessarily relate to the amount of money invested. It's more around the complexity. Mm -hmm. So if you've got you know, $100,000 in a self-managed fund and it costs you five or $6,000 from a compliance perspective, it's not a great return. Sure. But if you've got a million dollars and it's costing you five or 6000 then that might not be a bad trade-off. Yes, that would work. So it could be money, it could be property, it could be investments, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the million dollars could be, and this is where you might want to have four people. So Mum and dad might have, I don't know, six or seven hundred thousand and and two kids might have, you know, a hundred thousand each. And so when you pool the money, you might have better opportunities for particular types of investments, a particular property, for example, or something that needs a larger pool of money. Yes. Now, how do you wind it up or close the fund? At what point do you do that? A lot of clients have self-managed funds when they're working and, and accumulating their retirement money, so sure. they're saving and investing. And then they come into retirement and the fund remains intact and they just change the investment from accumulation where they're building it up into an income stream where they're drawing on it for their regular income. 
And that's all fine. But after a while, they're busy traveling. They're doing other things with their lives and they tend not to want to worry about the admin of the super fund. They lose interest in it. Sure. So that's a good signal to say, well, is it still serving the purpose for which it was intended? You know, mm-hmm. if I if I had to start right now, would I still start and open up a self-managed fund? So an indication of when it's time to wind it up or close it down is, am I still interested? Do I still have the capacity to deal with the admin? Do I have the time that I want to spend doing this? Is that available or do I want to travel or do other things? Illness, illness either of, of the trustee and members or family members so that they don't have the time or a death that could be the reason to wind it up. And winding it up or closing it down can just mean transferring the account balance to another super fund or income stream. Okay. Or they can cash it out if they've met what they call a condition of release. So the money can come out of the super environment entirely or it can stay within the super environment and just go into a different kind of account. As I'm listening to you, it seems like it does take a fair bit of time to actually manage this. What time should people put aside to make sure this happens well? Depends on if you've got people helping you through advice, you know, in terms of accounting, tax, etc. So some clients spend hours a week tracking their investments. Now, that's not necessarily a good thing. Mm. You don't really want to be watching it on a daily or weekly basis, but they enjoy that. I guess some people do like to watch it on that basis. So Yeah, that's right. And they'd watch it whether it was their self-managed fund or other kind of investment. So have to stay on a weekly or monthly basis, but probably a couple of hours a month on average just to make sure your records are up to date. And it depends how actively you are managing the fund. So if you were trading shares constantly, you need to make sure your records are up to date. Yeah. And then get them all together for when you have the account and tax return prepared. So when you retire, what are your options with the fund? You can just keep it going. So retirement in and of itself is not a reason to necessarily close it or do anything different. Usually when people retire, they convert their superannuation accumulation account, which is where you've been saving, Mm. and they change it into an income stream or an account-based pension and they start drawing money from that. And that usually, if you've got an accountant or a super fund administrator, which there are specialist administration services, you notify them of what you want to do and they organise the paperwork for you. Yes. Okay. So to sum up, what is it you want people to know about self-managed super funds? I think a couple of things. The main one is if you've already got a fund, yes. periodically or regularly just have a look, and this is with any investment, if I had the option of starting one now, would it be the right thing to do? And then from that, you can say whether or not you want to continue with it or whether you want to explore other options. The other thing would be, are you prepared to take on the responsibility of being a trustee of the fund? Because there are rules and regulations. Now, if you get a good team of advisors or a good superannuation administration service, then that can make life a lot easier. But be prepared to pay for it and make sure things are done properly. Sure. One question that came to mind as you were talking then was, how far out from retirement should you start looking at this if this is where you want to go? I think you'd probably review your situation every 12 months or so, but if retirement was looming, that's when you'd sit down with a financial planner or you'd just have a look at your affairs and say, where am I going to start getting my income from when I stop 
earning an income through employment. And that question will then trigger a whole lot of actions around what you might do in terms of restructuring your investment. And I'm imagining with the complexity of some of this that financial planners like yourself will have jobs way into the future. Yeah, that's right. As long as they keep changing the rules, I've got a job for life. (laughs) As long as they keep changing the rules. Which is inevitable, right? (laughs) Yes. Thanks, Anne. This has been uh, quite fascinating. My pleasure. I've been talking to Anne Graham, CEO and Senior Financial Planner at Story Wealth Management. And thanks to you for listening to this RetireNotes.com podcast. 